welcome. I am Folklord, aka uh, Hugh Cooney. They say they say you shouldn't give yourself a nickname, but I've uh, I'm flying in the face of standard practice, and I've named myself and both this podcast Folklord. It's got a kind of uh, obviously. Some components to the nickname Folk uh, Lord. Uh, it's a play on words, obviously. Folklore being uh, the collection of stories told uh, from person to person in the oral tradition. Lord being. Uh, what I'm tra- I suppose what I'm trying to say is that uh, I've got an interest in in storytelling and I've been going down that rabbit hole for a long time and I'm maybe insinuating maybe I'm a lord of of folklore not a lord of folk folk is the folk are folk is people I'm not suggesting I'm better than anybody but I would say that I'm becoming a lord of folk. Look, it's about stories. And uh, I, I've i been on a bit of a journey. Uh, people may know my work from the internet, uh, such internet classics as uh, accessorize, 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 uh, Farrell McDarrell, um, to mention too. So, yeah, I, I I made those those videos in art college uh, at the advent of YouTube, and I had a rake of videos in my back pocket. It was shown people around the college, and someone suggested to me to put them up on this thing YouTube was the advent of YouTube and I was like yeah okay grand and I did and I kind of didn't really know what was going to hit me um it was I suddenly became the accessorized guy and uh, people would say accessorized to me on the street uh I was offered uh a place in alternative Miss Ireland. I was doing my degree at the time, so I had to turn it down. But uh, yeah, things changed. I was a painter and I was messing around making some videos and then suddenly went down this other route, um, uh, which was very fun. But I suppose I was just struggling for... Uh, Looking at, you know, you know, looking at people when they have a, a role or, or something that they do, I was examining my role in society and then with, with an interest for uh, folklore and storytelling, um, I became a tour guide in the National Leprechaun Museum. Um, in a search for meaning, looking back, 
um, in what would looking back at ancient society in Ireland and asking myself what would I be where would I fit in and I thought that it was it, it was clearly storytelling storytelling was the thing so I really wanted to kind of learn that craft from the ground up and so yeah I, I became a tour guide in the National Leprechaun Museum now when you say the National Leprechaun Museum you can feel the the bum's wink of uh, any Irish person who's, who's listening to this because it's just it's like oh no no yeah, just it's the leprechaun thing comes with a lot of baggage um, but that said the National Leprechaun Museum is actually a it's a uh, great like resource for Irish folklore um, and uh, as a tour guide there you would have I, I really did learn to be a storyteller there like we had to have learned certain stories and um, everybody has their own versions but you also I, I, I never really performed live before that it was mostly just you know kind of in front of a camera so this was uh, it was all new to me and I actually learned how to do stand up in the National Leprechaun Museum. So I was I was you'd take people on a tour so you might like you'd have to learn a room because you'd have about, you know, kind of 12 people on the tour uh tops and you'd have maybe uh, a couple of Spanish people who didn't speak English who somehow got into the tour um despite it being solely about uh, storytelling. It's it's the type of museum you think you're you're gonna see lads jumping around in leprechaun outfits, but uh, it's it's not. It's it, it's got it has the name's a hook and it's got a bit of class. Uh, but yeah, you'd look around the room, you'd see, you know, kind of you see some, you know, American tourists there with absolute shit eating grin like it's the best thing that's ever happened to them here we go we're on ground zero for the leprechaun chat this guy is an expert he's going to tell us what's going on and then next to them kind of in the background you've got a, a, a kind of disgruntled relation who's been forced to bring them along to the leprechaun museum going fucking jesus christ what am i doing here um so you've got you have to win then you've got kids as well. So it's all about trying to win the crowd over. So if you're doing a few tours of that a day, uh, it was it was great actually for, like as a performer, um, I'd recommend if anybody was trying to have a bit of a soft entry uh, into uh, performing live, especially in this day and age with uh, going maybe outside tours. Tours is the way to do it. Um you really get a, a like develop an ability to to read a crowd, talk to a crowd, and um, it's very it's exhausting work though. But yeah, um, so yeah, National Leprechaun Museum. You'd be trying to win over the room, and you'd have a child there. The best way to win over the the 
the best way actually to win over the parents who have been forced to bring their child along is to slag the children. That's uh, a, a tip my friend Seamus O'Reilly taught me that uh, if you, yeah, you, you, you say the kids are ugly. For some reason the parents love that. Absolutely love it. Despite despite um, you know, having maybe spawned the child. There's just something about that because the kids, you go to the kid, oh my and who's this? And God, he is one of the ugliest yokes I've ever seen in my life. Uh, the kids will kind of turn to the parents to look for for um uh, and the parents will just uh, they just love it because you're in some you're in a kind of supernatural strange space uh going into a kind of world of folklore so you kind of get away with murder um yeah so that's it'd be about just winning them over but unfortunately you it didn't end well for me in the National Leprechaun Museum because um it was the best job I ever had and at the end of your tenancy there, when you when you'd leave, you become a bona fide storyteller, and they give you this kind of uh, Irish folklore almanac, and you get this almanac, and you you'd be walking down the road, uh, down Liffey Street, with the with the book under your arm. It's like that's it. I'm that's what I am. I'm a storyteller. And that's why I, I went there. But I, uh, I, I was sacked from the National Leprechaun Museum. I was, I was, I was, I was, I let myself down. Despite being on a, a kind of vision quest to become a storyteller and to be bona fide by the National Leprechaun Museum, we're not talking about any kind of, uh, Tin Pot knockoff Leprechaun Museum, this national, national Leprechaun Museum, and uh, but it was Halloween. We were doing a kind of special storytelling thing, and I was working with uh, another member of the staff there, and we like we were doing a little play, you know, and we did the first night, and it was absolutely excellent. Went really well, high fives, all that kind of stuff, but. Uh, me being in my my early twenties and being fairly irresponsible, I hit the tiles and uh, I just remember going out and then I remember I was back in a house party in, in Portobello and I knew that the I knew it was a certain amount of hours until I had to get back in and do another bit of the show and then. I wasn't feeling great, so uh, I was looking for somewhere to lie down. All the beds were taken, so I made myself a little bed in the utility room, uh, like from kind of a pile of uh, unwashed sheets or something like that. You know, you just kind of like gone into a kind of feral mode where you're trying to find some comfort and set about a million alarms on my uh, on my uh, Nokia 3310 and I just remember waking up uh, and with a million missed calls and I had I had let down my my uh, 
my colleague quite badly who had to kind of improvise a, a, a singular play. Um, so it was going so well, um, but I suppose what I'm, I, I'm, I'm asking the National Leprechaun Museum, I'm just telling you that I, I, I feel incomplete that um, I didn't get my, I can't remember the name of the book, didn't get my almanac. And I, I feel like I'm a, I'm not a real storyteller. That I, I'm a, a, like a hedge storyteller, dabbling in the dark arts uh, and unofficiated. So, if you'd like to reach out and bring me into the light, I hope you can see uh, beyond uh, that night, all those years ago, and uh, and forgive me. And give me one of those books because I need it to feel to feel complete. Long, anyway, I suppose what I'm trying to tell you is through this story is is how I became a storyteller because this podcast will be uh, like stories, me telling you my stories, a memoir of um, of a man who's not really that old yet at all. And, but it will have an overarching folk vibe. And um, yeah, so next, I, after the National Leprechaun Museum, I continued my storytelling and interest in folk and was over in London selling everybody a bit of paddy whackery over there. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, began telling stories, performing live at uh, spoken word nights and things like that. Um, but then also started hosting Kayleys. I was taking it back to uh, the Gale Talked and the, the dances I learned. So I was kind of flying by the skin of my... That's not, that's not a saying. Uh, I was uh, flying by the seat of my pants um, to... And kind of felt like a bit of an imposter uh, trying to, I don't know, kind of pull the wall over people's eyes that, you know, like I was wearing a, a kind of Aaron jumper, stuff like that, you know. You know, they, they don't get the nuance that you're not from the west of Ireland. But with a genuine, genuine love and interest for storytelling and Irish folklore. Um so it was on returning then from Ireland that I from from London uh, that I really I got my stories I got three stories in really good nick and did a show in the Project Art Centre um, a storytelling kind of one man theatre show which I was planning to tour Ireland with but we were all. Um, absolutely milled out of it by the COVID situation so everything just kind of went on hold in that respect and I've been trying to in isolation uh, I've been doing a few different things I've been writing down the internet just in case it goes off just seems like the type of time that uh, something like this might happen uh, 
So just trying to, in the face of crisis, write down as much of the internet as I can. And I've been collecting new stories and folklore from people on Twitter and uh, writing these stories down. And um, you can see some of my stuff on my website and uh, on Twitter. I'm an actual writer. Many people may say that they're writers, but they're mere typists. And I'm actually one of the only people still writing, writing, if you know what I mean. But... Yeah, so I'm, I'm painting an overarching uh, image of looking back and uh, some storytelling to give you an idea of what I'm at consistently. Um, and But looking to reinvent my storytelling show and become folklore. And in order to do so, I will be touring Ireland outside ancient sites, all 32 counties of Ireland. And I want you to join me on that journey. And all I ask, all I ask of you is that you, you pledge your allegiance to me as folklore. And in order to do that, I'm going to need you to come and attend my ceremonial shows outdoors in 2021 all over Ireland. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, it, it's this is think of this podcast as a one of these questing books, like a storytelling, like a book. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that show, Nightmare, you know, where it's like the guy's wearing the big helmet and you can't see where he's going. And the guy, hello, my name's James and I'm from Wandsworth or something like that. And then, uh, okay, where are you? I'm in a room. Uh, what's there? Oh, there's, a, there's a table and it's got uh, a sandwich, a phone charger, and, uh, God, I don't know, some vitamin C tablets, that type of thing. I suppose what I'm saying is it's a quest. So we don't know how this is going to unfold, you know, um, and you'll be helping me to choose where I go and what I do on this unfolding quest as folklore. Uh, and I want you to join me and help me tell this story. <laughs> <laughs>